Hey guys, welcome back to the Authentic Uma podcast. It's Rafiq here. And in today's podcast episode, I want to talk about uh, the idea that men and women in Islam are equal. Okay, so um, yeah, let's get straight into it. Um, this kind of uh, comes about because I was just recently watching a video. Okay, in fact, it was a lecture by... Uh, you know one of my favorite uh, favorite people to watch and favorite people to listen to absolutely love it i get so fired up i get so pumped up whenever i hear him and and his name is dr zakir naik okay if you guys haven't heard of him um you know he should watch uh, him on youtube he's got so many lectures and he talks about so many different aspects of islam and kind of his mission is um to kind of propagate right the true concept uh, the true religion um of islam right he tries to um alleviate um and and clarify misconceptions which are there Uh, in the minds of you know non-muslims and muslims as well uh, regarding the um religion of islam okay and um you know he is one of the reasons um uh, you know which uh, he he's kind of an inspiration to me in the sense that uh, you know today i do what i do because of the things which he he's taught me kind of and the only thing which he's taught me right is go back to almighty god go back to what almighty god has said and go back to following the messenger peace be upon him right um so uh, yeah i was watching uh, one of his lectures and uh, the topic of his lecture was universal brotherhood okay and you can go and check out uh, his lecture it's like a couple of hours long if you include the question and answer session right uh, it's a couple of hours long so in that lecture he was talking about um the fact that men and women and in islam are equal and uh, what he went on to say uh, kind of the first thing which he said was that equality okay being equal and equality does not mean identicality okay that that like when when he said that i was already sold on his idea i was like you're so right like equality right just because things are equal doesn't mean they are identical okay and and that was such a big light bulb for me because you know where i live and the people around me they always talk about the fact that um uh you know women are uh, looked down upon and women are just these um uh, these creatures which you know just stay at home and do nothing right or they they're seen as the inferior um gender right but um you know he goes on to say that just because the um of the, of these small differences uh they're not really differences they're more of uh, um not being strong in that particular area okay so what he calls it he describes it as um can't remember what he says but it was something like oh i remember it was um a men or women having a degree of advantage over the other so uh he gave the example of uh, uh say if a robber enters your house okay um a thief okay and his will is to is to steal it's to harm it's to um you know take stuff away from you to take possessions which don't belong to him right so let's say someone like that a robber a thief enters your home and uh, will you say that 
um i i think i believe in women's liberate um in women's uh, liberation and in um, uh, and in uh, gender equality right will you say that and then tell your sister or your mother right or your daughter right to go and fight off the robber right of course you'd say no right no you wouldn't do that and um, uh, the proof he gives in that is um, that in the field of strength right because men we know by scientific fact and um also the way we're created right is that men are stronger they've got more strength than women right that's just how it is okay that's how god created us so and in fact that's what and the proof he he quotes is from the quran i believe it's in surah anfal okay um where allah says that men have got more strength than women and so because of that you know men are meant to protect women right so in this case the men have got a degree of advantage over the women right they are more stronger than women right but that is their degree of advantage okay then um um uh, in comparison right he gives the example of the mother of a mother uh, where um, you know according to the hadith of the prophet peace be upon him um, a man comes to him and asks him that um, you know who deserves the most uh, love and companionship in this world so the prophet replies your mother right then the man asks uh, after that who then the prophet peace be upon him replies your mother right then the man asks again after that who then the prophet replies for the third time your mother then the man asks again after that who the prophet peace be upon him, then replies your father right so from that uh, basically you can you can infer that you know your mother okay deserves three quarters of your love and companionship okay and um, you know allah also mentions this in the quran that you need to respect respect the womb that bore you right um and so all these put together right all these teachings put together it goes to show that women in in islam you know if they're mothers right they deserve um a lot of love and companionship so he gave the the um the example that um you know if if you're running a race okay uh, you've got these prizes and these medals so he says that the mother gets the golden medal okay she gets the silver medal and she also gets the bronze medal okay so first place second place third place is all your mother right your mom gets those prizes and then he goes on to say that the father right has to be satisfied with a mere consolation prize okay so i know this doesn't happen very often right but uh, sometimes this happens you know when there's an event or a race or something like that uh, they give out gold medals bronze medals and silver medals right bronze silver and bro- um gold silver and bronze medals and so he's saying that um all those three medals go to the mother but then the father has to be um 
you know, has to be satisfied with a consolation prize. So I remember when I was at Madrasa, when we were doing these uh, jalsas, right? I was, I was really young at that time. I was probably maybe five, six years old. Okay, we were doing jalsas. And I remember that, uh, you know, the, uh, you could, uh, people could get the first place award and they'd walk up on stage, get the award. Second place, they'd walk up on stage and get the award. Third place would uh, do the same thing, walk up on stage and get the award and uh, they also had an award for the most disciplined child and i remember i used to uh, get this award so often right from from madrasa um for like so many years because i was so quiet at the back of the classroom you know i didn't know what to say i didn't know what we were doing um, in this classroom right so um yeah i used to keep on getting the most disciplined child and i remember that one day at jalsa the whole class got a uh, um a small little gift it was a um a little pencil case set so it contained pencils it contained pens it contained you know a whole art set like you could you could literally um paint something with that set so everybody in the classroom got that set so uh, you know whenever when i heard the the idea of the father getting consolation prize I was like, oh, so it means like uh, the father gets, um, you know, what everybody else gets, right? But those guys who come first, second, third, most disciplined, right? Those guys, they are like the mother, okay? They get the um, the love and companionship from their children, right? So Zakir says that uh, in that case, it means that um, the women have got a degree of advantage over the men because as far as children are concerned, they are meant to give more love and companionship to their mother, right, as compared to the father. You know, three times more. That's a lot more, okay? Um, it's a lot more. And um, today you hardly find that. I know I also cannot say for myself that I would do that to my own mother. But, you know, now that I've just uh, I've been talking about this right now, I think I should probably start doing that more often now and forever, right? Um, and, you know, being kind to your parents and all that stuff. Uh, so here he's saying that... Um, you know, the women have got a degree of advantage, right? So uh, what he's saying that in that way, you know, men and women, if you, if you tabulate all the teachings of Islam with regards to the teachings regarding men and the rulings regarding men and the rulings regarding women, you know, and the teachings about women, right? If you total them up and if you're truly um, looking at those teachings in the eyes of the authentic sources, okay, I'm not talking about just listening to a random person, okay, I'm talking about, you know, actually reading the Quran in English or in whatever language you understand the best. Um, or the hadiths, right? The hadiths of the Prophet, the authentic hadith. And hadith just means story. Okay, the authentic stories of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Right? What he's saying is that if you total up the teachings taken from these authentic things, right? The Quran and the authentic stories of the Prophet, peace be upon him, then you'll be able to identify and realize that no, in fact, men and women truly are equal in Islam. Okay, it's uh, it may be because of some uh, misconception there is, or some misunderstanding there is, or there's something which you're unclear upon. Okay, uh, which is causing you to feel that men and women are not equal, right? 
So um, what he's saying that if you look at the authentic sources, right, um, you'll come to realize that very quick um, it is the fact that they are equal, okay? And, um, you know, I want to really stress on that first sentence which he said, which was men and women are not equal, uh, sorry, are equal, but they are not identical, right? They are not the same thing. You cannot treat them the same way, okay? Um, Women... Um, you know, they're more, um, I, I'd say they're more, uh, um, more shy, maybe, okay, just by nature, you know, based on their um, physiology, on their psychology, right, they're quite different, men's psychology and women's psychology, they're quite different, right, um, you're looking at a, at a broad scale, right, generally speaking, men's psychology and women's psychology, they're different, you know, also looking at it from a physicality, from a, a, a point of view of the physicality. Women's physicality is different to men's physicality, right? And uh, that's when the idea, you know, in the example we gave earlier was of uh, the fact of strength, right? Men have got more strength than women. That's just a general term, right? Generally speaking, you know, men have got more strength than women, right? Of course, you, do, you may find some women who are stronger than men, right, obviously. But, you know, generally speaking, when it comes down to the naturals, okay, when you are just a natural human being, you've not done anything which is, um, you know, so, um, so glamorous to yourself, right? For, for example, um, you know, taking pills or, or any of that kind of stuff. You know, if you haven't done that, if you're just a natural self, right, men and women, uh, men are generally stronger than women. Right. So um, that's one of the ideas which he had given. And another one of the ideas was um, say that there is a class of students. OK. And um, of that class, there is a test being taken. OK. And let's say there are two students, student A and student B. OK. And he says that the test paper consists of 10 questions. Okay, 10 questions, each of the questions carrying 10 marks. So 10 times 10, meaning the total marks available are 100 marks. Okay, so then he says, uh, student A and student B both get 80%. Okay, they are equal. Okay, but despite them being on both 80%, if you analyze their answer sheet, you'll come to find that there are little differences. Okay, they are not identical. Okay, so he goes on to give the example that in question number one out of 10, right, student number A, so student A gets uh, seven out of 10. Okay, and student B gets eight out of 10. Okay, so in this question, in uh, question number one, student B, who got 8 out of 10, has a degree of advantage over student A, who got 7 out of 10, right? And then in the question number two, student A, this time he gets 8 out of 10, and student B gets 7 out of 10. So in question number two, student A has a degree of advantage over student B because he got one mark higher. He got eight out of ten, right? And in the remaining eight questions of the answers, both of the students get eight out of ten, right? Both the students get eight out of ten. So if you total up the marks on each student's paper, you'll get 80 out of 100, 80%. Right. So 
by the look of things, they are equal, right? But just because they're equal, if you truly analyze the answer sheet, right? If you go in depth a bit more, you'll find that they are not identical. And I feel that in our society today, right? In the, in the place I am right now, right? The people around me, my parents, my relatives, the colleagues, the uh, people around me, right? The people I interact with on a daily basis, right? The idea which they have is... Um, Whenever they say um, men and women are, uh, are whenever they they talk about men and women's equality, you know, they can often fall into the trap of thinking that equality equals identicality. And I feel that when I first heard that, I was like, "You're right." You know, they they're not they're not identical. That's that's so that's so cool because everyone today makes you feel as though men and women are meant to be identical. That is incorrect because because of our physiology, because of our psychology, right? Because of these other factors, right? Men and women can never be identical. We can never be, and you know that's the beauty. The beauty is in not being identical. Okay, and so. Um, yeah, they, they're not identical, right? But they are equal, okay? If you analyze the answer sheet and if you analyze it, uh, you know, going to the authentic sources, you'll come to find that um, men and women in Islam, you know, they're, quite, they're, they're very equal, um, you know? And, um, you know, you have to consider as well that, of course, they're going to be equal because, you know, it's the religion of Almighty God, okay? I mean, he has revealed a book, Right, that book itself. By the way, if you haven't read the Quran yet, that's the book I'm talking about right now. You need to go and read it in the language you understand the best. You know, just say to yourself, uh, just go. You know, today is the day. I'm not gonna listen to anybody, and I'm just going to read at least one surah, okay, at least one chapter, which I understand the best. And I remember back in the day when I was reading the Quran, I never knew what chapter meant. I never knew that this, the Quran had 114 chapters. I never knew that stuff. The point is just get started. Okay, just do it. Start from page number one. Um, I remember in my, uh, when I first used to do this, what I would do is I would uh, listen to surahs which I fancied. Because, you know, I used to go to Tarawih and because of my dad's influence and, you know, the people around me influence, right? They told me that one of the cool surahs is Surah Rahman. Right? I was like, oh, cool. I love that surah because, you know, in that surah, it's got one repeating verse, which sounds really cool. Right now, of course, I didn't know what it, mean, what it meant at the time, but it sounded really cool. So I would go, whenever I download the Quran app, right, when I downloaded it, I'd, I'd go to Surah Rahman. I'd try to find it. I never knew it was chapter number 55. I never knew that. Okay, but like I had that eagerness to go and find out and that's what I want you guys to do as well. Have that eagerness, go and find out, go and, go and truly understand what is this book about and what is so great about this book. Okay, and you come to realize that, huh, that's why it's so great. That's why this book is so amazing. You know, if you look at the history of that book, if you look at the things which surround that book, right? I'm talking about in the fact that it was revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, the fact that it was revealed 1,400 years ago, right? The fact that it's got so many scientific facts in it, right? You need to consider these things because these are the things which, you know, improve your belief. These are the things which increase your belief patterns, okay? Um, yeah, if you haven't read the Quran yet, 
to go and get the translation. I suggest Yusuf Ali. It is a bit old English, but uh, it's quite an accurate uh, uh, translation. Okay, you need to understand it. You know, if you if you don't read it in the language you understand the best, how do you expect to understand it? Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, guys. With that being said, um, that's the end of this podcast episode. And um, inshallah, I'll speak with you guys in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.